Just like the first disciples, teach us to pray should be eagerly and always on the lips of every follower of Jesus. I'm Luke Heisler. This is the Teach Us to Pray podcast. I've been taking another look at the ways I was taught to pray over the past year and a half or so. I'm wanting to continue and deepen that journey for myself and provide a kind of roadmap for others on the way. And so, this is a limited exploration through Christian prayer, where we'll take a look at the different marks of a prayerful life, talking with some friends about what it means to pray until we become prayer. In these conversations, we'll be trying to break prayer down to its most basic form, communion of the mind with God, learning together how to become people marked by the presence of God in both the secret place and the public square. Thanks for listening. Let's dive in. Hey, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Um, Today, uh, it's our second episode. I'm going to be talking with a uh, good friend of mine. Uh, His name's Talon. Uh, He is a pastor at the church that I go to, and uh, we've had some great conversations um, just about prayer and about Christian living and practice. And so I reached out to him, and I was like, hey, man, why don't we uh, sit down and record one of these? Um, Today, we're just going to be trying to nail down a definition for prayer. Uh, I know that's a really huge task and a very broad topic, Um, but uh, yeah, we get into a lot of the things uh, briefly that uh, we'll be talking about in this podcast series as we go on, Um, but we talk about some of the different practices of prayer. We talk about um, what prayer does uh, to us, in us, and through us, and um, really just, yeah, try to get down to the bottom of, of this ancient, mysterious practice of talking to God and listening to him. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. I'm really excited for this episode. Uh, here we go. Welcome back to the pod. Um, there's no right right way to pray. Um, there's a lot of wrong ways to pray, and there's a lot of different ways to pray. Um, but there's not necessar- necessarily a right way to pray singly. Um, and today, um, I have a friend of mine on, Talon. Yes, um, I'll just put my pocket knife down. Take on, <laughs> good. On to, uh, on to talk about what is prayer. That's the big question kind of of this podcast. Um, and each week we're going to dive into like a different facet of what prayer is. But um, today we just wanted to sit down and kind of flesh out a working definition of what prayer is for this podcast um, moving forward. That way we can be like, hey, like go back and reference um, if we didn't maybe touch on something that we wanted to in a future episode, maybe go back and reference this first episode of just like heart posture during prayer. What mm. like does prayer look like uh, practically? What does prayer look like theoretically? All the things like mm. just that fall under the question of what is prayer. Um, before we get into it, I wanted to read this great, great quote that I heard literally this morning um, from a man who is amazing, who just released a book today. Um, 
that is waiting on my front porch as we speak. This is Tyler um, Stanton. Tyler Stanton. Um, he wrote a book called Praying Like, Praying like Monks, Living Like Fools. Um, and I, this might be from the book. I heard him say it in, <laughs> in a promo video from the book this morning. Um, and he said, to pray is to recover all that was lost in the fall, to inhabit your identity as an image bearer, a co-creator, a manager of the resources of heaven. What if, until now, you've never really prayed, not like Jesus designed it? And that last part kind of touches on what John and I were talking about in the beginning, in the in the pilot episode of this um, podcast, just a little bit of the ways that we were taught to pray, some of the misconceptions around prayer, um, and how we're trying to combat those um, in our prayer life now and in, in, in sort of our uh, orthopraxy or our, our lived out ministry um, as we do this whole Jesus thing. Um, that's pretty weird sometimes and pretty hard sometimes. And, I agree. And uh, I think we, I think ja- Talon and I for sure can get pretty weird. Uh, I won't get too weird today. We can get weird. We can get weird. <laughs> um, talking about prayer, but uh, we have before. So, yeah, Talon, I guess, what is prayer? <laughs> That's a great question. I think that, I think, I don't know, honestly. I'm yeah. just playing. Uh, I mean, you can, uh, you can give the Google definition. You can give Talon's definition. Mm-hmm. You can give... Uh, logos definition of prayer. Um, one day I actually did a thing. I was trying, I was actually, I think it was for the BCM thing. And I was trying to look up what prayer was and you just couldn't like, yeah. there were so many different thoughts on what prayer was. The working definition I have right now that I love is that prayer is, converse, that prayer is conversational friendship with Jesus. Yeah, That is what I am loving right now mm. for my definition of prayer, that prayer is conversational friendship, friendship with Jesus. Um, if you look on Google or some other regards, it says that prayer is talking to God. Mm. Um, but prayer, in definition to some degree, it is like a form of communication with God that uses some sort of your five senses to a degree. Yeah. Um, some people probably say that you don't have to actually talk. You, some people would say it's men- you know there's so there's many different, different yeah thought mm-hmm. camp, th- camps of thought, but. Talon would say that prayer is conversational friendship with Jesus. That's good. That's what that is what I would say right now. Yeah, I've co-opted um, <laughs> Saint Augustine's definition okay. when he says prayer is communion of the mind with God, mm. which I think is a, a, a pretty similar thing, yeah, right? Yeah, this idea yeah. of like friendship, relationship, yeah. partnership, even yeah, um, when we're thinking about things like intercession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were saying, there's so many different schools of thought around like what prayer is and and i think uh last week john and i looked at a bunch of different mm-hmm. types of prayer um because that's really what this podcast is about is an exploration through christian prayer and the mm-hmm. different um the different sides of maybe like a 12-sided die that prayer is <laughs> i think more than that <laughs> uh, way more than that for sure but um really we've only got we've only got eight or seven to go through um <laughs> over these next few weeks um so i mean we'll see where we get but yeah. uh thinking about contemplative prayer yes. and you can go deep into that intercession camp. petition. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So there's a lot of different, uh, different camps or, yeah. or areas to, yeah. to touch on for sure. But yeah. Yeah. And I think biblically, um, I wish I, I left my Bible, like I said, at work. So I wish I had it. One thing I did try began to do, I didn't complete this, but I began to do it. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of this year was read through the whole Bible with our with Bible recap what mm. we were doing at our church, and I was going to highlight everything I saw around prayer, mm. starting from Genesis to the end. 
Um, yeah. But I stayed, uh, I kind of finished Genesis roughly. And it was interesting because I, what I, it was interesting what I would highlight as prayer. Mm. Um, it's like, do you highlight God spoke? Do you highlight that? That's a great question. Yeah. You know, do you highlight whenever Adam was in the garden mm. talking to, you know, talking to God and he says that, or, you know, do you highlight that? Right. I think the thing I came to was um, whenever uh, Cain and Abel, I think I highlight stuff around uh-huh. there, around like a working definition of that. Um, I think definitely in Genesis, uh, I think 32, whenever Jacob is on the, um, is at Bethel and yep. he lays his head on the mm-hmm. rock and he lays his head on the rock, he's talking to God, you know, I think do you, do you underline or highlight whenever he's wrestling with God? You know, yeah. that's a great question. Um, also, what do you do about Noah? You know, is Noah in communication with God there? Yeah. You know, so, um, I th- so it's very interesting to think about like mm. what actually is prayer, you know. So, um, and I feel like the Bible says mm-hmm. a little but a lot. So it's like really, really. So like you know, right. when I think about prayer, prayer feels really wide and really deep. Yeah. Um, I think prayer honestly is more so like the ocean than the space. Than space. Oh, for sure. So we ha- we understand more in the human thought around space. Yeah. We know more about space than we do about the ocean. Yeah. Because the ocean is so deep. And I see prayer as that, mm-hmm. as, as, as the ocean from more part to where it's like, man, like it is, it is like, it's the extraterrestrial thing on our, on our planet. Yeah. You know, think about that. Like <laughs> the ocean is the extraterrestrial thing on our planet. Like we know more about something that's not on our planet than mm-hmm. about the, the ocean. I've never had that analogy before, but as I think about prayer, that's how I think about it, honestly, is that the more I feel like I know about it, the less I know. So I, I said this yesterday. Yeah. I said this yesterday. Uh, we had we were doing this How to Hear. We, have you read How to Hear God, Pete Gray? Mm. Uh, I haven't read so it. I have read How to Pray, a Simple Guide for Normal People. Uh, yes, yes, yes. But. So we're going through How to Hear God. and But I think one thing I said was that I feel like when I begin to know 55% of prayer, if I, got, I go backwards and I only know 1%. Yeah. Because it's so deep. But it's but to me it's like it's like that Jonathan David uh or Melissa Helsworth song Endless Ocean Bottomless Sea. It's like how it says that God is an endless ocean and a bottomless sea. Hmm. Um and to me to again like prayer is like, man, this is like a bottomless thing that I am figuring out still. Right. But it's the most powerful thing and I love it. Yeah, I think I I I've been so with my um small group guys, we've been yeah. moving through Genesis. Yeah. Um, and we just did <laughs> Five through eleven today. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's our it's our second week, yeah. and so um, I've seen like things about as I've been thinking about and even practicing prayer more. This is the uh, maybe the the most recent time that I've come back around to Genesis. Mm-hmm. I was only in Genesis for a while, but um, come back around to Genesis, and I'm seeing like lots of intentional movement toward God. Mm. Um, and I think that might be at the center of what prayer is, like an intentional move. Whether it's with your body in worship, yeah. or your voice, or your heart, yeah. um, toward God, mm-hmm. um, in actions and thoughts and deeds, um, and I, I think there's a way to live into prayer, um, and a way to like just pray. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think those are different things. Like, 
it's in Psalms. In Psalm, yeah. in Psalm it says, David says, I pray and so I'll become prayer. So good. You know, and it's like it's like that type of thing. Yeah. Because like whenever David's saying that, like when you become something, your whole being becomes that. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like a vocal thing, but, you know. So that has always been interesting to me. I, yeah. I just saw that verse this year. And David is like, no, I pray and so I'll become prayer. Mm-hmm. It's like I've, I haven't maybe one time. <laughs> Maybe you know I I couldn't say that I've confident I've got to the point to where it's like I am praying until I become prayer. Yeah, yeah, and I think <laughs> that that shines a new light on Paul's words mm. about praying constantly. Mm. Um, it's like if you're praying constantly, or or if you've prayed until you become prayer, you're you know he's you're praying constantly, <laughs> like you're there, you're doing it. Um, I think the ocean metaphor is really good, and I think it kind of highlights the fact that like there are a lot of schools of thought on prayer mm-hmm. and there are a lot of ways to approach prayer mm-hmm. um and we can see that from yeah, sort right. of a surface level mm-hmm. but people have devoted their entire lives in practice or scholarship or both mm-hmm. to the contemplative tradition mm-hmm. or to prayer of intercession mm-hmm. or petition mm-hmm. um or repentance and the like yeah. penitential psalms mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and yeah it's 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 really fascinating because i do think it is such a deep well and i think that reflects God's character mm-hmm. really well mm-hmm. uh, too, because like he is so vast. Mm-hmm. And so of course the, the very thing that sets us in communion with him yeah. um, in our heart or our mind, or like when we live into our, our conversational mm-hmm. friendship, right. Mm-hmm. With God, of course that's going to be like boundless. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he is. Yeah. Which makes mm-hmm. it way more difficult to wrap your head around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. What do you think, like, this is maybe a leading or trick question. What do you think <laughs> successful prayer looks like? Or maybe what do you think the perception around what successful prayer looks like is? And then what is successful prayer actually? It's a great question. You I know? think I would say maybe people think successful prayer is doing the act. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say successful prayer is intimacy with Jesus. Mm. Um, I think all prayer hopefully would lead to intimacy with Jesus. Right. Um, because doing the act is not a bad thing, uh-huh. right? It's like, uh, it's like some chords only work. So like if you have like a female lead and a male lead and like in chords, whatever. Yeah. Like actual plug, you know what I mean? Right, right. right. Like I'm, I was looking around the room and see what I saw. <laughs> it's like, okay, if I plug a 16 volt into the wall, but it's not plugged up anything else. Right. It's just plugged into the wall. Mm-hmm. It has no purpose whatsoever. You know? However, if both of those things are plugged into the correct source, right. then you actually get what's, what's meant to happen. So for me, it's like with prayer, I think successfully doing the act is still, you have to do the act. Right. You know? Um, but, like, the success is Jesus. Yeah. Like, the success is doing the act and finding mm. the man behind the curtain. Um, because like in prayer, like, you know, uh, who says this? Like Henry Nowen talks about how oh. prayer is ascending into the heart. Yeah. Right. And I would say that success, like that's why I'm like, man, there's so many successful things that happen too, because mm-hmm. like, it's a success whenever you pray for, when you, you have prayer and you pray for somebody who's sick and they get well. Right. That's, that's success. Um, and I think our temptation is to say, okay, successful prayer, like it's unsuccessful prayer then to pray for that person to get well yeah. and they don't get well. Yeah, but still, if you pray for that person mm-hmm. and they don't get well, is that a success? Yes. Yeah. 
The reason is because you engage faith, mm-hmm. and you by some way or measure are closer with the creator God, Jesus yeah. Christ, you know? So that's what I say, like, man, the ultimate to me success is intimacy with Jesus. And if you think about like, okay, okay go with me here. Um, Jesus's role in humanity, I haven't had, I have a lot of metaphors in my head right now. It's very funny. Jesus's role currently is high priest intercessor. Yeah. So Jesus right now is intercessing for us right biblically you know um is jesus successful in prayer right now mm. thumbs up 100 percent, because jesus prayer is ultimately leading us to him yeah jesus prayer is ultimately bringing us close to friendship jesus prayer is ultimately bringing us close to his heart um so that's why i say the success in my opinion is intimacy with jesus mm. tyler Staten that has also says this in one of like the pod in like canadian church leaders podcast i don't even know if you listen to that great content he talks about um, that Tyler Stanton, Stat, Staten says, the reason I love prayer is because I love intimacy with Jesus. Yeah. And intimacy with Jesus and, and the way I become more intimate with Jesus is through talking with him. Yeah. Um, so that's why I say that, man, I think mm-hmm. the success is is um, intimacy. Yeah. The um, I think that nails it right in the head. And I think the way to intimacy people think is maybe like time spent mm-hmm. or, um, and I think that's a part of it, but like, like lack of distractions. Mm. Um, but I really think like um, the author, we don't know who he is, of this like really wacky work about prayer and humility called The Cloud of Unknowing from mm. like Never heard 15th of that century. That sounds great. It's really good. <laughs> um, he says that um, success, he's, he says in effect, right? This is my synthesis of what he says. Mm-hmm. Successful prayer is not measured by how long you can sit there and focus in and attune your mind and heart to mm-hmm. God. Successful prayer is how often you come back to the Father, you come back to the face of Jesus in spite of the many different things calling for your attention. Yes. It's, I, I, do, I, I had a comment about somebody this other day. There was this thing I saw, and it was talking about um, – it was talking about consistency, mm-hmm. and it was talk, and it had many big. It had a fire, it had like a flame, and the flame went from like so five weeks. The flame went from big to as small as it possibly could be. Yeah, and it was saying, and under that, it was a it was a flame, but it was consistent over all five of those weeks. Mm. So the way I'm seeing prayer now is the way I'm seeing distance running. Mm. I'm training for a 10k right now, so nothing crazy. It's only six point right, two right, miles, right. but even this morning I'm running and like. I'm running a 11-minute pace, mm-hmm. really. I go down to a 10, whatever. And the way I'm seeing it now is that, like, I have – for me to be able to run long distances, I have to start with small distances. Yeah. So for me to be able to run 20 miles one day, I need to be able to run one, then two, then three. And I have to build up my stamina and my heart and my cardiovascular system to be able to expand to 20 miles. Yeah. Um, and same thing for a six mile, right? Like, you know, for my programming, you go from one to one and a half to two, mm-hmm. to two and a half to three, and so on and so forth. Always you get to five and then you just begin to push it from there. And I think, but what that's doing is that from the one to the two mile is that it's expanding my cardiovascular system and making mm-hmm. it, it's making it stronger. It's making it able for me to take in more oxygen and to be able to sustain it myself. Right. And with prayer that like now, I feel pretty okay being in an hour prayer gathering. Yeah. Maybe if not, I won't even say how long I've done it. You know, I, you yeah. know I'm okay with being in prayer for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I remember whenever I first sat in silence for two Man, minutes. It like, feels like forever. Genuinely. Like I remember in 2017 or 2017, 2018, I sit in silence for the first time for two minutes straight and I thought it was an eternity. Yeah. 
But now two minutes goes by like that. Yeah. Because I've expanded my like spiritual cardiovascular system mm-hmm. to be able and stamina That's to good. be able to pray and be with God. But also knowing that me praying isn't always talking. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, John and I talked about the misconceptions uh, mm-hmm. of successful versus uh unsuccessful prayer. I just kind of wanted to get your insight on it. I think that's good. Like it is about intimacy. Um, and I think comfortability in that intimacy with silence. Um, and like you're saying like, man, two minutes can feel like forever. And it does. But I think a huge sign of growth is like using timers is like a great way to do, especially silent prayer, right? Mm -hmm. Prayer of the heart, whatever you want to label that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when you're sitting, you set a timer for let's say like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and you're sitting and your timer goes off and you're like, what in the world? That's 10 minutes. That's a sign to up it to 20 or 15. You know what I mean? Um, that's kind of how you can feel and see that Mm -hmm. growth, um, tangibly. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think, and I think also what you're saying, like plays into the, like, this is a weird way to say this, the intertextuality of prayer, Mm. like, intertextuality is in like, okay, this passage in scripture links to this other passage mm-hmm. in scripture. I think what you're saying is like, or what I think is cool about what you're saying is about like uh, training for like long distance running. Mm-hmm. Um, when you like are able to sit in silence and like just pray and prayer yeah. of the heart, whatever, what that's doing is that's building up your, like your, I don't want to say your capacity because I think you always have the capacity. It's training your muscles for hard prayer, like Mm -hmm. intercession Mm -hmm. and things like that, Um, which I think is really cool how like sort of they bounce off of each other. Um, Like if you're talking to a God that you know intimately because you sit with him in Mm -hmm. silence for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. every morning, if you're talking to him about something like you're going to be a lot more comfortable yeah. talking to him about that because you know him yeah, yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. like, Hey God, it's me again. Mm-hmm. Um, please heal this person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, which is super. Yeah. Interesting. Like even one thing that's very interesting, two things to that is like, um, in the Psalms, it also says how God inclines his ear to us. Yeah. So there's something about like in prayer, knowing that Jesus Christ and the fullness of God is hearing us. Right. Um, but also, um, like one thing I feel like I'm re- I realized this week is that as a, I would say I'm, I would lean towards introvert mm-hmm. tendencies is that as an introvert, we have put extroverted tendencies on intro. We have put introverted tendencies on extroverted people. Mm. So we've put introverted spiritual practices to prayer, like silence, solitude, stillness, stuff like that. Telling extroverts so that that is the only way you can pray. Right. And that is false. Mm-hmm. Right. I think like, cause I also like going on walks. Yeah. One of my routines uh, has been like waking up and going to walk around my neighborhood, like where I live at, like apartment complex. And I will just get up and walk around and, you know, cause you can walk and pray. Yeah. You can, you know, whatever, like you're right. So brother Lawrence says you can do, <coughs> do anything, the dishes, do, do the anything dishes. and pray. Yeah. Um, he which, said he tested himself yeah. that he had the Lord Jesus on his mind at all times, man. <laughs> I, I don't even think I could do that for a day. The Lord Jesus on his mind at all times when he would stop, he would forget and say, all right, no, I'll recenter my mind back on yeah. Jesus. Mm. He had, he lived with the um, monastic bell in yeah. his heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and Henry Nowen talks about building up a, a, a portable cell mm. that you can retreat into, into eternal silence and mm. not eternal, internal silence and solitude. You went to a monastery <laughs> for yes, a little bit. I did. And, uh, 
hung out there with some monks. Oh, yes, babies. Should I talk about my experience? Yes. I was talking about my experience. I would say my background is I grew up in a black Baptist church. I currently work at a, at, you know, a church that's in the SBC. So monasteries were not normal to me. I think that's all I need to say. Yeah. So it wasn't that I knew about all these monastic things like or tendencies. I did not know about any of them. However, somebody paid for me to go. Whenever somebody pays for you to go somewhere, you go. You go. So somebody paid for me to go to town. This would be a good time, a good way for you to get some rest. Um, so I go to a monastery, Mepkin Abbey yep. in uh, Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Um, one of the most nicest monasteries out there, if you even look at it. Um, it's probably it one, of the nicest, it's one of the nicest ones out there. So, you know, another name for a monastery is a cloister, which I've also found out that to be. They actually grow mushrooms there, and they're very good. At um, Mepkin Abbey. They at do. Mepkin Abbey. Huh, they they grow mushrooms. Fantastic mushrooms. Okay, so my experience there is a three-day retreat. I was there for three days. Um, and my whole time there, um, I'm trying to think what I should say about it. It was different. <clears throat> I want to see if I can pull up. Um, oh, man, I probably should be on my phone during a podcast. But um, I really want to do this. Okay, um, maybe we can put some. Okay, Mepkin, Abbey. Okay, basically, what was very interesting about Mepkin Abbey was um, the rhythms of the monks. Mm-hmm. So when I went, I said, okay, I want to try to figure out, I want to try to abide by the rhythm of the monk as much as I possibly can. <clears throat> because I was like, dude, it could be really cool for me to really like, okay, I'll also say this. I've gotten to the point to where it's like, I can experience things. Okay, here it is. I'm so sorry. Um, whenever I, so, a couple things that they have. So they, the monks practice this thing called the liturgy of the hours, mm-hmm. and the day starts at 4 a.m. So you have 4 a.m. vigils, 6:30 lauds, 7:30 Eucharist, mm-hmm. uh, 8:30 Tercy, the 12 o'clock sext, S-E-X-T to be exact, more so like a, a midday prayer. 6 p.m. Vespers, only on Sundays, and 7.30 Compline, and the Grand Silence starts at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So you have these six, seven rhythms throughout um, the time, and at every time you have, so at 4.30, doing, and the bell goes off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 7.30, same thing. 6.30, same thing. Noon, same thing. And what was interesting was that, um, so I said, okay, and it's, it's a Roman Catholic place. Mm-hmm. I did not grow up Catholic. So I hadn't had any of these scars that some of my friends have had with the Catholic yeah. Church. Um, so I went to experience it, and I would go in. Uh, so one day, I, I I can say I did all the practices at mm. one point. So I went through all of them. 4.30 a.m., 4, <laughs> 4 a.m. It was early, but it was beautiful. Yeah. The reason it was beautiful was because it's dark. Yeah. It's early in the morning, and I, you know, put a set alarm for 3.30. I wake up, put my shoes on, walk over my Bible at 4 a.m. in the morning. The, this, the bell goes off, and it's dark in the room uh, with one candle lit, and these seven monks are in there praying the psalms and singing the psalms. Wow. Same thing happens at 6.30. Yeah. Same thing happens at noon. Almost same thing happens in all these rhythms. It is very rhythmic. Um, and very um, beautiful. Yeah. And now I know I wouldn't say I feel like I'm called to be a monk. 
because I feel like for uh, for me, from what I how I perceive scripture is that there's a way, there's something that I need to give to the world as right. well. There's a, something for me that the gospel is, and kingdom is meant to love the world around us, right? So I would, you know, once I, I feel called to be a monk, you know, that, you know, but what I learned from it was that I can live with monastic rhythms in my inner life. Yeah. Um, I can have fixed hours of prayer within myself and in my actual calendar, um, and I can use that mm-hmm. from monastic principles. So I learned a ton of monastic principles that were very interesting. They were all, some were, were weird, I'm not going to lie, but they were extremely biblical. Yeah. Um, it's, it's specifically praying the Psalms. I don't think anybody would say praying the Psalms is wrong. Yeah. I don't think anybody would ever say singing the Psalms is wrong or is, is, a, is a bad thing. So being able to see them practice that was beautiful. And yeah. it, honestly, I said, these are my brothers and sisters. Well, brothers more so amongst there's no sisters. But these are my brothers of the faith, and they are helping me see a new way I can experience God through the practice of prayer, mm. through fixed-hour liturgical prayer. Yeah, that's good. You said on our walk that you want to have <clears throat> an, an inner bell. I, yes, I want to have an inner bell. Yeah. I, there's a part of me that, that wants to have an inner bell. Yeah. Um, and that inner bell being reminders of prayer. Yeah. And I think that if you look at Daniel, he had three hours, you know, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, he had a three rhythm, uh, he had a daily office prayer life, yeah. morning, noon, and night. He talks about that in Daniel 6. Uh, I believe Jesus had it, early church had it as mm-hmm. well, as they're going to heal people in the beautiful, you know, they go to the beautiful gate, they're going to the temple at a certain time of the day to, to pray and things like that. So, so yeah. 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 Do you think, we, we were also talking a little bit about like how Jesus <clears throat> kind of, we were just saying a lot, but we were, we were yeah. talking about how Jesus, um, lived in a way that his disciples knew they needed to ask him Mm -hmm. to teach us to pray. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think my tendency is to just figure it out myself Mm -hmm. and do it myself. And like, and I I think that's bred in me and and a lot of other people who might Mm -hmm. feel that by Mm -hmm. like this culture that we're in. um, That is a very uh, accomplishment or achievement Mm -hmm. driven culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I can just achieve the best sort of prayer and that goes back to like what is successful mm-hmm. prayer if i can achieve the best mm-hmm. sort of prayer mm-hmm. i'm i did it mm-hmm. um spoiler alert you're not ever going to you're <laughs> never going to get there um some days feel better than i think it was dallas willard maybe said that we're we're always a novice when it comes to prayer <laughs> um and that is like so perfect mm-hmm. always having the the That's lowly posture, the humble posture of constantly learning, constantly yeah. being a student, yeah. constantly asking Jesus yeah. to teach us to pray. Yeah. That I told you that's, that mm-hmm. my mentor, one of my mentors always told me in the beginning, um, he said, Talon, I said, I said, Sam, I want to learn how to pray, whatever. He said, here's what you do. He said, ask Jesus every day to teach you how to pray and make room. Yeah. And that like got me. So every day, Jesus would teach me how to pray mm. and I make room, you know? So practically, cause like back to the question, what is prayer? For you to learn how to, honestly, I think the question is actually, you know, so what is prayer for for me or whoever's listening to learn how to pray or at, figure out what prayer is? You actually have to to, to lean into the practice of prayer. Yeah. But I think the word practice is massive, right. right? It's a practice. Yeah. You know, it's practice. It's like some days you get it right, some days you get it wrong. But there's grace. Mm-hmm. And like one of our, like we were, I had the chance to be in this like prayer cohort through our church and what we had homework and all of our homework was, to, our homework was to pray for an hour. Huh. Um, and our homework was to pray for an hour and to document how it was. So document, like, where did you feel God more? Where did you feel God less? What was hard for you? What was easy for you? Yeah. So that was very interesting practice. And, like, every week 
trying to do this homework of like, all right, I'm going to pray for an hour. So I'll put time on my calendar mm. to pray. Um, and I'll tell you the analogy I told, I told them that somebody told me was that if I was, okay, so whoever's listening, if you were to have lunch or a calendar appointment with the president of the United States, love him, hate him, don't really care, honestly, you know, but if you were to have a calendar appointment with the United States, mm-hmm. with, the, uh, with, with the United States, with the, with the president, you would not miss it. Right. You wouldn't. If you had if you had a one thirty appointment with the president, I promise you would be there at one twenty and making sure that everything was working so you could be there on time. Uh-huh. So why would I ever put time on my calendar and miss my time with God? Right? And God is more important than the president. Hmm. You know, spending time with Jesus is way more important than spending time with the president mm-hmm. of the United States. Um or put whoever else you care about deeply right. in, that, yeah, in yeah. that time spot, you know. But so I think like creating space sometimes looks like me putting time on my if you look at my calendar on Mondays, at, from 12 to 1 on Mondays, if you look at my calendar, you will see a time of prayer on my mm. calendar from 12 to 1 o'clock every weekly. Yeah. You know, now that's turned to our staff rhythm. Now it's like, okay, my personal rhythm, I've, you know, so done, you know, so I think having, finding what works for you yeah, is like, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a lot to making time and space internally as well, mm-hmm. um, and and that does take practice. Like you were saying, prayer is a practice, and um, I think just with spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them, in general, like that is what prayer is. It's a spiritual discipline. Um, the idea that you're going to be good at them right off the bat, or that mm. you're going to understand them oh, right off the bat, true. but that's what makes it fun. Yeah, right. Like. Think about any spiritual gifts, right? Like the thing that, I, in my opinion, is because you see, because in every spiritual gift you start as a beginner, mm-hmm. I think, personally. Um, so it's really cool, like, to see with any spiritual practice and any spiritual discipline that you start as a beginner, but it's so cool to see yourself grow. Think about this as running again. It's like, it's so cool to see your cardiovascular system be able to withstand six miles whenever you remember you only could run one and you were wheezing. Mm. You know, so it's so cool that, I see it. And so it's cool for me to remember, like, I remember what it was like for me to sit in silence for two minutes and it was terrible. Yeah. But now it's cool to look back whenever I can sit in silence for infinite for a lot longer now mm-hmm. because I've grown in my capacity to pray. And then in that moment, I need to I have to say thank you, Jesus. Uh-huh. I thank you, God, for expanding my capacity to learn how to pray. However, still teach me how to pray. Help me create space because there's still more for me to know. Yeah. So I think to close this out a little bit, like how do you, okay, so we've just talked for 35 minutes Mm -hmm. about what is prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, What does, how does it look to live into that? Because Mm. we we talked about earlier in the episode, like living prayerfully is different than praying. Mm -hmm. Um, One is simply practice. One is the the mindset of I will pray until I become prayer, yeah. right? And, and everything you do is saturated by prayer yeah. in the presence of God. So, um, so how like, do you live in it? Are how, you do you, that? how do you live into prayer? Yeah, I think one you I think it's have to I, I was yes, I think you begin to learn to love prayer. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you try to pray for an hour, you'll bore yourself to death. Yeah. You know, without practice, right? Without right. expanding your cardiovascular in, in the running analogy. But I think the way you begin to live in it is by starting with one minute, mm. starting with five minutes, starting with 10 minutes, and then letting it expand. Yeah. Because it's like the way you live in prayer. So one of our definitions at, at, at our church is um, prayer is life with Jesus. Yeah. 
And um, I think the way I have personally began to live in prayer is to, one, fall in love with prayer Mm. and to begin to love talking to Jesus and begin to love to hear what he has to say to me back. Right. Um, And to begin to love spending time with him as well. Um, And because the first role, the first thing, the first, the first, um, our, our role as a follower of Jesus is first off to minister to the Lord. Um, that's the first thing, first and foremost thing. And um, so, yeah, the way I've found to live in it is to, one, like, again, create space mm. and just to pray. So simply the way I've learned to live in it is to pray. The way you get better at prayer yeah. is to pray mm-hmm. and to figure out what works, to figure out what doesn't work. And, like, so that's how you live in it. It's the yeah. way you live in it is just to figure it out and go pray. But mm-hmm. do things that help cultivate love of God in you through prayer. Yeah. So, like, maybe... You go to a beautiful place, you go to Potter's Place, you go to right. a river, you go in to a coffee shop, you stay in your room. I'm not, I'm not sure what works best, but, you know, for me, it's like, okay, if I'm trying to get in the zone for prayer sometimes, mm-hmm. it's like I need to play a playlist that I have called A Touch of Beauty for the Longing Heart. You know, I'll, you know, I'll play a playlist, get certain music going that begins to feed my affections for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then in that place, I'll be able to, I'll begin to start. Jesus, I love you. Thank you for loving me back. Yeah. And then it's like, okay. Yeah. I am. It's a, it really is a, a, a weight off. Like, I think when, when I've entered into times of prayer that are intentionally, like, there's room for that in my schedule or, or whatever. I try to do that once a day. Like, mm-hmm. sitting and, and starting with what, however you start. Um, I do the Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the Jesus prayer, um, just because I think it's so cool. I do, and, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, there is a, a release a, 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 and a relief to that. A release um, and a relief, yes. In, in the stressful day and the Because prayer day. is home. Yeah. Because prayer is like a guidepost that leads you home. Yeah. You know, like... Um, that's why I think I begin have began to love it because it is the is a mystery that leads me home, mm-hmm. and it's a mystery that leads me to the lap of Jesus, to the feet of Jesus. Hears me hear the voice of Abba, and the Holy Spirit is teaching me and helping me push me to because G- because G- the Holy Spirit loves Jesus. Yeah, you're right. The Holy Spirit loves Jesus, and the Holy Spirit will you know it says the Holy Spirit came. Um, when he comes, he will remind us of what of, of the things that Jesus did, all type of stuff, right? And the Holy Spirit loves talking about Jesus. You know, remember what Jesus did. John, that's John fifteen, sixteen, mm-hmm. seventeen stuff right there. Um, and of course, dude, it's like man. So that's why I love prayer. Yeah. And um, because it reminds me of home. You know, it's like I don't know if you ever had anybody ever tell you that you have an old soul, right? Yeah. yeah people say that. So it's like, oh, like it's like prayer reminds me of the heavenly country. You yeah. smell the aroma, mm. you know, you, you hear Jesus, you, you know, like there is something that is like awaking you to sometimes like, I'm like, I'm going to open my eyes. I'm going to be in a very different place. right mm. now. You know, I might not be physically, but spiritually I might be right. You know, so, uh, for prayer is mystical, but it's also practical. Um, yeah. And I think the, <laughs> the tension of that is really hard for me, especially as someone who like, you love the mystical oh, stuff. Oh man, I love the mystical stuff. But then, it, so I think it might be the opposite tension of what a lot of people feel yeah. like yeah. how to bring the mystical, how to bring yeah. the practical into the mystical. Into the mystical is but what you I feel. have to have both. Yeah. You, you have it. to be able to pray in the clouds. Yeah. But you also have to be able to pray with your feet on the ground. Yeah. 
because when you pray in the clouds, you pray from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're sending your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. But you pray and all the way free in the ground, forgive them for they do mm-hmm. what they do. You know, you begin to pray for the people around you yeah. because praying for people around you, you know, praying for the kingdom to invade. You know, you praying from kingdom to invade in the clouds is a very different prayer than you praying. You know, you 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 see it in two different perspectives. Yeah. So you got to be able to pray up uh, uh, up in the clouds, but also with your feet on the ground as well. Yeah. To end, end ending, yes, ending statement, end. we got to go. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's this brilliant idea from Dallas Willard. Um, he talks a lot about thin places. Ooh, um, it's a Celtic belief. Yeah. <laughs> thin places as in like places where heaven and earth touch. Um, Fire. Or, or just almost touch. And I think that is the spaces like... I mean, and we can get into super nerdy early Genesis, like antediluvian stuff about like, um, and even Abrahamic stuff, like the the steps that you take transform the soil underneath your feet into Eden. Um, that's crazy. Think on that. Do some meditation on that. But um, we're, I'm having Leon to talk about meditation literature. He, he confirm it. Uh, yeah. Yes. Go. So that's exciting. Um, but we're we're like this idea where, like, and what I get from thin places is where you pray, like where you actively invite the presence of God into a space. Like, of course, I believe God's spirit is present all around us, but like intention, there's something to intentionally inviting the spirit of God into a place or intentionally inviting the spirit of God to be with you in a space that does something to that space. I'm convinced. Hmm. Um, Because man, there's just some places where you walk in there and you're like, this space has been prayed in. Um, I know it. And so, yeah, I guess to close, like, go make those spaces. Yes, go Um, make them places. Pray, practice, and persevere because it's hard. And figure out what it means to pray. Yeah. For you. For you. What is prayer to you? I don't think it's this, like, prayer is different for every single person, like, as in a different core definition. Mm. Prayer looks different worked out in practice. Prayer looks different worked out in practice mm-hmm. for every person. Yeah. Um, and so I think that is a big part of it. Like, what is prayer? Well, we kind of got you started this episode. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of work for you to do for who you are with the Spirit who knows you better than you know yourself. Yeah, tested with the Scriptures and tested with Jesus. Yeah. yeah. You have a great podcast, Boys to Luke. I'll Thank tell you. you that. Thank you. <laughs> I try. No, I don't. It's just yeah, how I, I talk. Yeah, great voice. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for listening. Talon, thank you for coming on. Cheers. Um, It was a good, it was a great episode. Um, Become prayer. Yeah. Bye. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Teach Us to Pray podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and share it with your friends. We hope this conversation was helpful to you and to your practice of prayer. If you missed any of the other ones, you can go back and listen wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you back here next week with a new guest and a new topic. Thanks again. Bye.